Yo, welcome to another episode of Invite the Neighbors. I'm still here, dude. On this episode, I chatted with Tanner Ellis, who releases music under the name Young Adult Fiction. Um, Their new album, If It Moves, Kiss It, is out. It's on their band camp. It's on Spotify. Tanner's a really interesting dude. Um, And I have a tendency to say that about people who I identify with because I have like a weird sort of ego, I think. I think if if I like someone or if I feel like I can relate with someone, then I automatically think that they're interesting. But I also think that you'll think he's interesting too, because secretly I think you'll think I'm interesting, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. But don't let my rambling uh, color your perception of what I think is a really good episode and a really good record. Um, Tanner's put out a couple really good records, actually. And I don't know, Tanner, you might have put out some bad records in the past too, but I just haven't listened to them. Um, but the last two are really good. Uh, the one I just mentioned, and then Young, uh, Much Too Big to Be a Lap Dog is the other one. Both on Spotify, both on Bandcamp, I believe. Check that shit out. Um, if the auto quality is bunk on this episode, it's because I'm switching to Audacity from Ableton because it's less work and this computer actually works. Um, whereas the computer I have that has Ableton sucks and sometimes it just doesn't open. So I'm trying something new to see if I can streamline this process and make myself enjoy the process more. Um, so yeah, without further ado, here's that freaking episode. Yeah, I just... good. Thanks, Craig. I... Yeah, Craig's, what up? Craig's that man. <laughs> what up? Yes. How you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, not bad, man. I'm like sweating. Uh, I just housed a bunch of Chinese food. Perfect. How's the floor? Dude, the floor is immaculate. Like, look at this. I shit. saw a picture on like Facebook or something. It looks beautiful. Well done. I'm impressed. Yeah. That's some real adult shit that you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I've had this house for like two years. I've been living here and I just bought it in October. Oh, shit. Sure. Yes, yeah, so I was renting it from her. You've been here before. So, okay. I was going to say, is that the one that I've been to when we recorded the yeah. last one? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, and that was like right after I moved in, but it, yeah, it overall feels really, really good. Because like the whole time, the past couple of years, I've felt like the house isn't done and I just like couldn't relax because I knew there was so much work to be done yeah. that I wanted to do because it just felt shitty and now it like finally feels nice. I feel like I, I'm actually at home, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like owning a home must be... uh quite comforting in some regards but also just like a just constant panic attack in other regards right yeah it's like you're constantly on the verge of a panic attack because it's like Sounds uh, familiar. You, you, yeah <laughs> you don't uh you don't know what's gonna go wrong and when and there's always something slightly going wrong like my washing machine i know that's gonna go like i have like this running tally of shit that's going to need yeah. to be replaced at some point and it's not Honestly. exciting. Yeah, it sounds terrible. But equally, yeah. <laughs> you own something. Not yeah. a lot of people can say that. That's badass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What? Are, so you're out in what? Uh, Portland. Seattle. Same oh, thing. Seattle. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. One's I, one I think so. more than the other. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to. Uh, I don't know how to use Discord or how to mic myself when speaking. Do I sound decent? Yeah, you sound fine. Acceptable? Okay, great, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I moved out here uh, almost two years ago, which is crazy. Uh, In like August of 2020, I came out here for some reason. Was it just 
was it just like uh do you know anybody out there or was it just like you did some research and that's where you wanted to be or my uh me and my buddy uh my best friends love my life jack uh we had both just graduated school and our lease was ending and it was covid so we were like we don't know what the fuck's going on and also we don't want to be here and we've been here the whole or you know i, I went to the school to, in the town that i grew up in so it was just like uh, in oh. ann arbor i went to u of m um so i was like i need to get the hell out of here and also it's covid so like i really need to get the hell out of here uh so he and i just put everything in a car and we were going to, like, drive down the West Coast and, like, see what was up. But by the time we got to Seattle, the car made the decision for us and just, like, broke down. <laughs> uh, so we just found a spot. And that's why I'm here now. <laughs> that's fucking sweet. I didn't it know was... you went to U of M. Yeah. Well, I started at Eastern and then transferred. And it was a whole thing. But, yeah. Oh, U of okay. M. Because you I went there for a while, you... too. Yeah. Yeah. I grad... Dude, I graduated a long time. I... In 2014, I yeah. graduated there from there. But, like, I had done a year at central then a year at uvm flint and then i did three at, in ann arbor word nice and uh i don't really ever plan on using the degree so that's cool you know my man you got like an adult ass job though right yeah yeah i work for Pressure cps or something Is that yeah. Right? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Word. Nice. i mean so technically i got that because of the degree but i don't what i should say is i don't want to have a job using <laughs> the degree. i don't want to have a job yeah dude <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah, but you uh didn't you used to work at Cross Street? Yeah, I did. Uh worked there for a long time. Uh quit once, got fired twice, same job. Really? Um yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Left that place three times. Yeah. <laughs> uh it was chill. It was alright. I mean the owner's, you know, pretty much a nightmare, but uh the you know, the actual work environment with the coworkers and everything. Pretty choice. I think they I was going to bring it up because they sold it, I think. It's it's still Cross Street, but I think there's new owners yeah. because it's yeah. like all new decor, no more video games. It's like it kind of lost all its charm. Yeah, my understanding is that uh, the dudes who own Tom's Party Store on the corner there, um, yeah, Cross and whatever the hell, uh, they're just like real estate moguls now, and they're just like buying up a bunch of businesses around ipsy uh so they like evicted golden wall for instance the chinese spot uh oh, they're just God. like doing a lot of like really questionable shit in ipsy and they own cross street now and it's i, I think that's probably why it's kind of yeah. going to hell yeah. they Shame. it doesn't make sense because like it's got like this super like the 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 bones of the building it's like still very like hipster like it worked perfectly with like those wooden tables with the little light bulbs yeah. and stuff but now yeah. they have all they changed is the seating. So now they have like these crappy like faux marble top tables with orange like plastic chairs. It's like this plastic. doesn't work. It's, yeah. it's, it doesn't know what it wants to be. It's so weird. I haven't been back there in a long time. When next time I'm in, I'm in town, I'll definitely swing through. But yeah, I, I imagine it's just going to kind of bum me out more than anything. But yeah, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. But uh, hey, I was just listening to your music right before this and shit slaps. It's really good. I listened to it when oh. it came out, but I I I'd forgotten and I re-listened to it just now. And yeah, oh, well done. Thanks, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, because you you saw us live, but you saw it was when it was like me and a drummer. Like you only saw it as a yeah, drummer. yeah, yeah. Last time I saw you was at uh, I think Colin's birthday gig in like really early 2020 or like late 2019. I think we played late at Blind Pig when uh, I think that was, was that it. after that. Maybe yeah. it was. I don't remember, dude. 
anything six months ago and and past it, yeah. it could have happened in any order. <laughs> like, <say>. yeah. <laughs> Understandable, yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Regardless, it was a long ass time ago. Your yeah. sound, I mean, yeah, no, it sounded really, really cool. Where did you record it? Did you record in the studio or? Yeah, uh, we did. Um, part of it was with Nick Diener. A lot mm-hmm. of it was with Nick, and then we did some with Tyler Floyd. Okay, word. Tyler did all the That's drums cool. in his in his entryway at his parents' house. That's dope. Tyler is unstoppable. Seems like. Yeah, we're doing the whole new record. We started making the new record with him. We got a single coming out in the summer. God damn, dude! You started another one already? Shit, that's dope. Yeah, I'm I, excited. I'm like, that. well, dude, because the one that came out in December, like, I had been working on that for almost three years. So yeah, right. It came out like a year after it was done, and I've so I've been ready. Yeah. To to get yeah. to work and being like a a relatively unknown band, like I I want to just keep it going, keep trying to. Yeah play the lottery hope hopefully one of these songs eventually is the ticket you know what i mean yeah yeah it's crazy yeah, ever since having released this new stuff of course i've been checking the um like the spotify streams and shit endlessly yeah uh, and just like seeing how completely arbitrary that is based on like whether or not spotify like puts in on a playlist that day or whatever is really bizarre it's funny it's like the invisible hand yeah just, like, I, honest- and, like yeah i i don't even like I'm too intimidated or to even look at that stuff. Like I I think that's probably smart, yeah. I don't want to be bothered with it. Like I know it's important or it, it could be important. It's like important in terms of like if your goals are a lot of streams, like playlisting is really important or at least yeah. really helpful. But like there's something about it. I'm I don't know if it's like my ADHD where it's like mental energy to understand something new is like intimidating, but I just uh, when I go and check, I'll see how many streams are on the front page, but I don't use like Spotify for artists. I, I maybe I yeah. should, you know. I, I I feel like it's probably just more shit to worry about, and like, or certainly the few times that I've like seen interesting information there, I have gone on to do nothing useful with that information. Like I do <laughs> not. I'm just like, ooh, neat, and then that's it. Like you know, and then I'm just kind of stressed yeah. about it, but I don't actually right. use it to uh, you know promote anything. Yeah, and like with your music too, it's the the type of society the type of consumers we are now it doesn't and i this is what i like about your music but it doesn't lend itself very well to like this bite-sized consumption type yeah. society because your shit's best when you just play it through and you get to experience all the little interludes especially on this new one yeah it's yeah. you really fucked around with those a lot with I did. uh and it, it's really cool, dude. It's like some of the best moments are like 30 seconds, like a 30 second interlude song where I'm like, yeah. and I like purposely, I'm not looking at which track it is. So I'm not seeing like, oh, this is only a 30 second interlude. I'm thinking like, oh, this is a song. And then it cuts into something new. And like sometimes yeah. you'll be in a song and it'll cut to something different. And which is so awesome. So it, with your music, this record especially, it doesn't matter what song it is, really. It's kind of like the record is broken into chunks and you call them songs. But to me, it just feels like one big thing, just like the that's last one. extremely kind. Yeah, thank you. That's really what I'm going for. I think that's way, I think that's really interesting. And then, of course, like the actual problem solving of like trying to merge songs into each other 
in yeah. like a somewhat seamless way. That's just like such a weird and interesting process. And it just makes you do like weird, unintuitive stuff that ends up sounding cool sometimes. Yeah. And that kind of, I was wondering because I was just listening today and thinking about it. And sometimes I'll do this thing where I'll feel in the zone writing a song and it seems like I'm adding shit at random. Like I'll have like an idea for a random like movie clip that I want to put in, in the background of a song. But it like when I'm open to certain things, like, I don't know. It's just weird. If I'm in the zone and I think about it, it just works oftentimes works so perfectly and it feels so random. And I'm wondering like with all the like talking in the background and like the different sound clips, field audio, whatever that you're using, like how much of that is like, just random oh let's see how this sounds here and how much of that is like okay i specifically know that i want this talking section here and all you know what i'm saying yeah totally it's really weird it definitely varies song to song um there are times so a lot of the talking in uh the album i actually or you know i wrote scripts and sent them to people to record for me um and then obviously some of them are also just like old films and old documentaries that i sampled um yeah and with with the written stuff usually that's much more intentional um and with the actual like sampling that i'm doing um that is usually slightly more um kind of random um because that's just like i need something to like place this song i need something to kind of like solidify this in like a location or at least that's how i kind of think of it Uh, and if i have a track running in the background of the whole song then i'm like oh this exists in a place now like this kind of is real all of a sudden uh which is just like my weird adhd brain just like tricking myself into being like oh this is real now now that it has like some kind of temporal value now it's real um so it is it is largely arbitrary um but then the actual clips that i've gotten people to record for me um my sister's voice is all over the album colin haggerty's voice is all over the album um yeah and a few other people who are generous enough that when I text them like eight distinct lines of text being like, Hey, will you just take a voice memo of you saying this shit real quick? Uh, a few people will actually do that for me, at which point I, I use all that stuff. Cause I think it's really cool. Yeah, no, I, I'm inspired by that. I, I really like it, it. It worked out like that. Something that you did on a record is coming out months before i'm trying to release something and i'm feeling inspired by it and now i want to do my own version of it like that yeah. nice. it's not your fault song that you basically recorded for me was like yeah straight up like just ripping your ripping your sound and doing it my own way because we did that you know? straight to a little cassette yep. recorder right i get asked questions about that song more than yeah more than anything else and i always tell that story like yeah we just kind of fucking did it the first that's dope dude i'm really thrilled that that worked out uh yeah yeah my process for like actually recording to that thing has changed a lot and i'm really glad that you still like that shit because it's cool and weird and really really uh kind of um what's the word or at that point i was just like this is such an interesting sound i don't know anything about the technology i'm just gonna run with it and i'm thrilled that other people were in on that too that's really cool yeah and i was curious too um based on knowing what that was before and i was like i didn't think that you would do it the exact same way again because it's it it would almost seem like okay lapdog was its own thing it was like 
your introduction basically to using that. Totally. And now yeah. I, I I could just see you having it. It's like kind of like your trademark to be lo-fi, it feels like, which I'll get into more. Yeah. But there's definitely parts now where it feels like there's more of a blend of different sounds. And totally. there's there's some parts that like for instance there's there's like the electronic beats and stuff and then there's like some parts that really feel full like the speed like the bass and the speakers mm-hmm. is really full and i think maybe brannigan is one of the songs where like colin's talking and then it all yeah. of a sudden this big like bassy sound comes i'm like oh fuck yeah, yeah. I was thrilled. You you posted a little thing earlier, uh, and I was thrilled that you highlighted Brannigan because that's one of my favorite things that I've done. I think it's it's certainly not the one that I show people first because it's weird as hell. Yeah. Uh, but I that is like at least kind of um, thematically and sonically like one of my favorite things that I've done for sure. Yeah, it's 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 art, dude. It really is. Like I know, like I always feel like self conscious, pretentious, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean. It it is. It's just it's it's music that's not trying to be like it's not trying to cater to anything other than itself. If that makes sense. Like you're not yeah, trying thank to. Thank you. Like, yeah, and I I enjoy that. Like I feel like it's more you know more like looking at a, a painting a lot of times because it's just like or like an abstract painting. You know, where sure. say if like sure. a pop song is like a painting of a fruit bowl or something <laughs> and you're yeah, just absolutely. like like abstract. the gates of hell just yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I thank you that's kind yeah i'm i'm grateful that uh i i think that's all kind of a result of um like the specific diy scene that you and i were kind of participating in where like you could be on a bill and you could kind of do whatever on that bill. Like you were given a slot of time and you could play music, but sometimes people would just like read. Sometimes people would just like sing acapella. Like I, 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 I went to a few shows where it was like my whole like preconception of like what performing is, has just been like changed, uh, to a certain extent or like, um, like just cause you're given a time slot doesn't mean you have to do a set thing within that time slot you can use that time however you want to a certain extent yeah and kind of internalizing that idea into my actual recording process was really really um vindicating and also made my music a lot less marketable but i like it see like i'm trying to the stuff i'm writing now like it's it's poppier but i also am trying to make it more i'm trying to contrast that by like doing more abstract shit within confines of like a pop rock indie song where Mm -hmm. like i want to do like spoken word stuff where it's just me and i'm like talking to the listener in the middle of a song like basically like acknowledging like like on our single that's gonna come out like i i'm there's a couple parts i want to add where it's just like breaking the fourth wall down and like letting people know that i'm literally having so much fun like yeah any every time i play that song i have so much fun and i f- honestly feel so like full of myself in a good way like i feel yeah, so happy yeah. about what i'm doing that i almost want to like speak to that fact yeah in a, in a way that like just lets people know like hey i am having fun like some artists take this shit way too seriously and i want people to know that like hey this song is fun like we're having fun doing it you're supposed to 
have this feeling listening to it right type thing that's cool i'm excited to hear that yeah i really like i really like the addition of um i really like the addition of spoken word in um music especially music with lyrics also because i feel like the way that we kind of um process lyrics in a song is not about what the lyrics are at all or like it it, it becomes kind of an instrument in many regards um unless you're talking about like proper like old-timey folk or whatever where it's basically just talking musically um yeah but i feel like uh like the the fact that there is such a huge contrast between singing and speaking in song like those just feel like two different planets to me um and that's really interesting because you're still just saying words just different depending on which format you're using and i think uh juxtaposing those is really cool yeah, especially like it just takes on a, a, its own unique character. Like again, in Brian, again, like in the beginning, Colin reciting those words. It's just like it's it's kind of a poem at times. It's it's kind of prose at times, and it like it, it's like spoken along. It's really well. I don't. Know, I was wondering how many times he did that. Um, I'm glad that you asked. <laughs> because it seems like, okay, this is really working well with the music. Like, I wonder how rehearsed this reading was and, like, how planned. Like, so when you write these scripts, like, do you have, like, inflection points that you want to stress for people when they're reading it? So, I'm, I'm glad that you asked about that one specifically because that one was kind of a miracle. Um, Colin has read stuff for me before, but it's usually just single lines. Um, that was interesting because... I texted him this whole paragraph of text and, you know, it's like a minute plus for him to read through it. It's, you know, not an insignificant paragraph. Uh, right. And I texted it to him and he was like, oh, we're, like he was free in that moment. And he was alone and he was like, great. He didn't even proofread it. He just hit record on his phone and began. <laughs> so he's actually kind of reacting to what he's saying as he's saying it because he hadn't read it before. Oh, that was his first take. That was his first try through. Um so sometimes, yeah, when I send something to somebody and they read it, I, I'm like, hey, actually, would you inflect it this way? And would you say it like that instead of that? And, you know, just like bullshit yeah. directorial stuff. Um, but that time it was like Colin genuinely reacting to the thing as he was saying it. And just his like actual inflection and tone and interest in what he was saying, like showed through in the actual take. And I was yeah. so thrilled. I think that was so cool. Yeah, it, it worked. It worked so well. That's see i don't know i'm kind of like a metaphysical geek with when it comes to music like i like to believe in the magic of it like yeah it our and our single off that record it's called like the romantic egotist and there's the Mm -hmm. in the bridge there's that spoken word from a james dean movie and i had only i was looking up i knew i wanted a quote there and i was just literally like googled like quotes about something i can't remember what i typed in but sure. so i found uh, the the actual written quote from the movie and then i figured out like all right i gotta go search on youtube to fly, try and find this scene and then i did and then i just recorded it from my computer and i and then i put the clip in the song and i did not have to trim it like it yeah. fit exactly perfectly like yeah. it almost you know, always does that's something that continually surprises me is like it's weird. When you're adding something that somebody else did to your own music, it almost always works. Yeah. It's And I think that is about kind of our belief in it. I think that's kind of like us being so charmed by the idea of somebody else's um kind of product becoming yeah. part of our own or like kind of meeting one of our own. Uh 
I almost always, it almost always works. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. As you said, like the kind of just putting something in is like, a, oh, maybe this will go here and then it clicks. Uh, that happens a lot for me. Yeah, I, I think I, I like the whole idea of, of bringing in, like showing people what your influences are and like actually actually using other people's stuff like straight up in a way that pays like homage to it. Mm-hmm. Like I are the next record is like my love letter to Kurt Vonnegut, basically like every song title is like a Kurt Vonnegut quote. And then even one of your last song titles was a Kurt Vonnegut or a, a, yeah, a version of a Kurt Vonnegut. Goes. Everything. Yeah. 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 Uh, the slaughterhouse five headstone, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I just, I think that it's, it's a cool way to show people that like, yeah, if I made this music. If you like it, that's cool. But like, I'm not, I don't feel fully responsible for it. Like I was inspired by this, this, and I want to make this a part of it too. Like it's a, it's a way for that art to live on in a different way by including it in something new, you know? Yeah. And also kind of thinking it in, in the process, some, somehow kind of acknowledging, yeah. Like, like you said, just acknowledging that, um, you're kind of taking inspiration from it and showing it on your sleeve in that moment. I think it's really, really cool. Yeah. And did you have, any like literary references? Because uh, I thought I remember the quote like slouching towards Bethlehem or something, which was isn't that? I know that's from a, a yeah, poem. that's uh, Yeats, I think. Um, yeah, the Second Coming. Yeah, but I mean, everybody, everybody who makes pretentious music references that line at some point, so I felt obligated to. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's just like just like point. too perfect of a poem to not uh, bring up because it's just it's just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one and then uh one of my ones I always end up wanting to use, I don't think I actually have yet, is uh Ozymandias. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, that tracks. I've, that would yeah, that yeah. would fit with your vibe, certainly. Yeah. I've had so many different lyrics that end up getting scrapped that like have a reference to that poem. I'm just like waiting for the right time. <laughs> yeah, totally. Bring it in. That's funny. Yeah, it, it, my uh kind of the way that I um save quotes. Um, especially when I'm reading a lot. Um, I, I just have like this notes app on my phone, right? And whenever I find something interesting, I put it in there. And if I wrote it, I just put it in there straight. If somebody else wrote it and I'm reading it and replicating it on my phone, I put quotes around it. Um, yeah. But I often don't actually know where I found the thing. So half the time I'm just like, well, I know I didn't wrote, write this, but I don't know who did. <laughs> uh, so I just kind of frantically Google it and half the time I can't find it anyway. Uh, which one I usually don't use it because I'm like, I do kind of want to know. I do kind of want to know like where it's is from if I'm going to use it because I don't want to fully take credit for it. Uh, but I do. Um, I think just writing down phrases and words that catch your ear just in everyday life uh, and kind of then going back through that list when you're being creative is really interesting. Yeah, I, I, I definitely do that a lot, too. Like, I'll if I'm reading something, I I'm such a sucker for like profound <laughs> statements you know and it just especially if i find it in a book i just feel smarter you know i feel like oh i'm discovering this like i had to read 250 pages of this book in right. order to get to this sentence i'm like oh it, it just feels like this great little easter egg right in, instead of just like google searching like hemingway quotes and there right. is right there you know <laughs> there is a difference yeah i feel i i, I can recognize that i i also like um uh I like to a degree borrowing other people's um, lines as well um, in, in music specifically. Um, there are a few 
there are a few lyrics on this album that I pretty much straight ripped off from different artists um, on uh, The Days Are Just Packed, which is, I think, the second or third song on the album. Um, yeah. The, the, the chorus begins with, skip church with me on Sunday, blah, 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 blah. Um, but that line in and of itself is from the dude named Thanksgiving, um, who is, is a, has a really, really specific cult following. Um, he was kind of a protege of like Phil Elvrum and the microphones and all that stuff like 20 years ago. Um, and very, very few people know about him, but the people who do know about him really, really know about him. Um, yeah. so one person has recognized that I was referencing somebody with that, but that turned into a really neat interaction. Cause it's like, Oh shit. Like, you know, it's like you're saying the secret password to this whole like, right, realm right. of knowledge. Uh, and then you get to talk about that if if the other person actually recognizes it. And I think that kind of stuff is really, really fun. Dude, I, I completely agree. And like I I mean to a certain to a different extent, like I, I like to put I mean, I, I only have one record out, but on this new one, I have a bunch of little Easter egg lyrical references to the the past record where I I yeah. reference I reuse lines from the first record. And like in my head, I'm thinking one day it's like my goal to have this interaction where someone asks me at a show or something or online, like, isn't that from this other song? Or yeah. like, if someone catches it, I'm just going to like give them free shit or something because yeah. it, it will make my day because I'm so the person that looks for that stuff right. in other right. people's music. Yeah. I think that kind of, I think reuse of ideas and even, yeah, like you said, like borrowing lyrics from your own work, uh, I think is so cool. Um, Chandler Ness Lake is the king of that. Um, is it, have you had Chandler on the show? Have you listened to a lot of his stuff? Ness Lake? No, I, I've met him. Like I actually yeah. met him through work one time too. Like <laughs> I That's had really to, funny. yeah, he, he called me cause I was like, I had to see this kid at his school and I asked, I left my business card for the teacher and I got a call from him and I didn't know who it was. And like, we talked and then he's like, by the way, at the end, he's like, is this Brian Porter from invite the neighbors? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, this is a channel. From I was like, Oh, Hey dude. <laughs> That's very funny. That's yeah. Great. I love, I love the fact that, you know, people making like, you know, just like bizarre, weird music online also now have careers. I, I that delights me. That makes me very, very yeah. happy. Yeah, and it, I've I've listened to a little bit of uh, Nestlake stuff. It's like he, it's he's just been making ooh. music. Uh, he's just been making music for such a long time, and obviously, um, he used to be in Swordfish, which is kind of how I got yeah. into the DIY scene as a whole. Was going to see Swordfish in basements, um, and you know, of course, you have a complicated pa- or yeah, a complicated relationship with all of your past musical projects and all that stuff. Um, and that kind of shows in the way that he references these lines, but he'll reuse lines from years and years ago as a way of kind of recontextualizing the moment that he's talking about now. Uh, yeah. and I've just been listening to his stuff for long enough that like it, it clicks a lot of the time. Uh, and that kind of stuff as a listener is such a satisfying thing to pick up on. Um, I do the same kind of thing when I'm writing uh, just on the off chance that somebody is actually listening that intentionally that they're like, Oh, Hey, wait a minute. Right. Yeah, and it's I, I think it's it's just a fun way to remind yourself that like this is an extension of yourself. Like you're it, it feels good to me to like be referencing autobiographical lines about maybe not feeling the best or not being in the best position 
and and now in the future thankfully being a little bit better and being able to talk about that stuff in a new way like in past tense and yeah. like you said yeah. contextualizing it and it's it just it's it's a fun way to like you know it's a, it's kind of almost even if no one else ever noticed it it's it's a way for me to recognize the progression i'm making in my life just yeah. as a human you know yeah exactly um it's always yeah, it's always really interesting sorry please oh no no, no. i was just gonna ask you because like um I, I highly doubt that you don't think about this uh like in terms of theme and and you know the types of uh things you're talking about singing about which is mm-hmm. it's actually true to say talking about and singing about um <laughs> From the last record, maybe if you want to like give me a little uh, refresher course on like what the last record kind of meant or thematically, and then like what this one is now. I was trying to think about. I, I was driving home from work earlier, and I was like, "What? Like, what the fuck is this album even about?" Like, I was trying to like actually like get into it because I just haven't had yeah. a reason to really deliberate on this stuff yet. Um, but I was I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about the last one too, um, and I kind of was realizing that I put out Lapdog in like 2019 um I think yeah 2019 uh, actually yeah. like pretty soon before covid which is crazy to think about um but at the time that I was writing and recording that um I was in mentally and physically a pretty good spot like I was I, I was surrounded by people I really cared about and I was doing stuff that I was enjoying and you know like I I I felt pretty good in the moments that I was recording that music, but I was kind of reflecting on the year and the two years previously where I was having a really hard time. Um, so it was kind of reflections on a bad time from a good time or, you know, reflections on a bad place from a good place. Um, whereas this one is pretty much the exact inverse of that where, um, basically for the last year, uh, well for the last two years, obviously it will come as a surprise to you not been having a great time. Uh, I don't think, (laughs) Uh, you know, that that's certainly not a unique experience, but uh, as such, writing and recording these songs, I was kind of um, in a pretty hard spot mentally, but reflecting on a time that I was much happier. Um, so it's kind of the direct inverse where um, this time I was having a pretty difficult time, but I was reflecting on um, a, a, a better or, you know, kind of more carefree time. Um, and I think that brought out... Uh, a totally different side of my writing that I didn't know I had um, because I was actually focusing on uh, kind of the, the with Lapdog, I was very much just trying to be like evocative and focusing on the dark parts because I thought they were interesting because I was yeah. fucking 19 or whatever <laughs> um, or 20, I guess what regardless, you know, kid shit. Uh, yeah. And I still, I still like a lot of that music, you know, like I, 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 I'm still grateful that I made that and I still listen to it sometimes and think, Oh, neat. Um, but it was very much just me kind of, um, having listened to emo music my entire life and then just kind of trying to replicate that in some kind of way. Um, but due to the circumstance of this new album, um, I was in a totally different place where of course, uh, once I'd done that immediately having finished lapdog, I was like, Oh, well I can't do that shit again. Like that's just ridiculous. That's embarrassing. Uh, to focus on these kind of like uh, just like 
pain-soaked images, especially if it's like slightly ingenuine, or especially if like you're not feeling it in the moment of recording. Yeah. And it's like, why am I even yeah. making this music? Like, am I just trying to make people feel bad or like prove to people <laughs> that I'm capable of like emotion? Like, what's the yeah. point of this? Um, so immediately, I kind of had a, my own personal backlash to that style. Um, and then equally, just given the circumstance of COVID and isolation and all this stuff, um, I found myself, um, you know, re- remembering and romanticizing um, times from a year or two prior where I was actually killing it and surrounded by people I cared about and doing stuff that I enjoyed. Um, and that brought out the total flip side where I was like, we have enough music about just kind of being bummed out. Uh, and I've yeah. certainly made enough music about that. So it, it was the opposite perspective where... Um, I was kind of trying to ignore the present and live in the past to a certain extent or, or use the present to contextualize the past as, um, uh, kind of, uh, trying to be grateful, um, trying to like actually appreciate, um, the moments that you had had rather than trying to really, really lean into the parts that you sound, think are profound just cause they're sad or whatever, you know, it was just right. a very different approach. Yeah, it's 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 definitely interesting to me like thinking back on Honestly, that's one of my main criticisms of my own f- first record was that I mean, I'm glad other people hear it and and hear something that they like, but when I hear mm-hmm. it, I hear like someone who is trying to who's so enamored with negative feelings and sometimes confuses negativity with like profoundness which is not always obviously the case where yeah, that's a much more eloquent way of saying that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's, um, it's so easily glorified and I, I don't, I don't even relate to that anymore. Like a lot of it, you know, it's, yeah. but uh, also to kind of speak to what you said though, like, you know, when you, when you reflect on one of the things I've learned, I guess, from this whole like past two or so years of being alive <laughs> in this society is that like you often don't know when times are good mm-hmm. you know it it things were great and we didn't even know it you know what i mean yeah like, yeah absolutely and now i feel like there's like this reawakening happening at least for me i can't speak for everybody but i hope that other people follow suit where it's like returning to normal life even feels like it's everything feels like it's new like oh, this is just the shit that we took for granted that we were always able to do and now it just feels like it feels special and it feels like oh my god we get to just have normal freedom you know to do whatever yeah. and yeah. i think good to appreciate those things and it's made me not really even want to focus on negative stuff like you said like everyone was writing songs about being bummed out and i'd made the joke on the podcast a bunch of times saying like yeah i really don't want to fucking hear your covid record right you know just just, yeah no absolutely yeah yeah (laughs) even though like that's what people are naturally going to be inclined to write but i want to hear the version of it that doesn't make me think about it you know what i mean yeah totally yeah, I think um, I, I'm, I'm really, really interested. You said it way better than I could, but uh, this kind of disconnect of um, emotional memory of the past versus the actual emotional experience of those times. Um, I find that those two are almost always at odds. Um, or like um, the song Making Faces in the Mirror on my album, um, 
was kind of trying to fixate on that where I was realizing that like I often romanticize some of the worst parts of my life. I often right. like remember times in my life where I was having a really, really hard time. Um, and I just choose uh, subconsciously decide to remember the pretty parts of it or like the, 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 the few moments in the sea of whackness that were actually pleasant. And f- those stand out in my mind or kind of vice versa, where uh, you're thinking about a time that you were consistently in a good spot and doing stuff that you enjoyed. And yet still like kind of the opposite stands out. Um, I think that's a really, really interesting and weird tendency of our own, or at least my own kind of conception of um, my own history or like my own past. Uh, I just find that the way that I think about it is almost always at odds with the actual experience of it. Well, yeah, it's almost like, I don't know. I, I guess I would compare it to like thinking about your own past as like a movie that you saw and like your favorite at least for me, not everybody's the same, but for me, like my favorite movies are like, uh, sad or dramas. Like I like, those are the things that stand out. Like, yeah, I love stepbrothers who doesn't love stepbrothers. You know what I mean? But like that doesn't stand out to me as like the best art. So there is a way of like kind of romance. It's, it's your, I feel like artist types are maybe more inclined to romanticize bad shit than, than happy stuff because it's like how much i mean i envy the people who feel really inspired to write about things that just straight up make them happy yeah yeah i think i think we just need to start making pop music you're way ahead of me in this regard but we just need to start (laughs) making pop music i think yeah that's probably the most vital way of communicating that is just uh actually sounding happy and being happy or you know i think that's (laughs) I, I, I fought against that for a very, very long time, and now I'm like, mm, no, I should probably just make pop music. I should probably just try to make other people feel good by feeling good, rather than yeah. what I've been doing, <laughs> which is a nightmare. Well, I, I find that, like, it's, you know, I'm doing, like, the old cliche of, like, happy music, sad lyrics, some, like, for a little bit. Not Not all the lyrics are sad. Some of sure. them are a little bit, like tongue-in-cheek like or like speaking to myself but i'm trying to experiment a little bit more with like writing in character and trying to like if i don't have anything happy to write about myself and i don't want to like i'm i've pretty much exhausted writing about negative things like i don't really have anything else i feel from my own life inspired to write about i can think about like characters from a novel or something and try to think of their emotional experience and as like a challenge to myself to like write about from that perspective or write. I I wrote one song that is one of my favorite songs lyrically I've ever done. And it's like from the perspective of like, if Jesus was like a bratty teenager and God sending him to earth to die for our sins was like a punishment for him like stealing dad's car or something like that yeah you know what i mean that's great that's exactly (laughs) what i want you to be writing (laughs) yes that type of shit is like that's really that's i've been enjoying that a lot and it's it's a kind of a cool way to distance myself from it and Mm -hmm. like not feel so vulnerable all the time playing music either you know yeah totally Totally. Yeah, I, I, I've I wrote a couple of times, pretty much for the first time, I'd, I'd never really wrote fiction before, um, or pretty much everything that I was writing up until this point was fairly autobiographical. 
uh, at least in my own head, you know, surely wasn't yeah. to anybody else, but at least I was kind of writing my own perspective of my own experience, which is, of course, wildly at odds with reality. But, you know, I, I felt I felt like I was writing about myself. Um, yeah. But as you say, a, a couple of these um, or I, I, I tried writing from a different perspective or from um, kind of fictional character perspective um, or stories that didn't involve me um, on this new one. Um, and that felt really good. And it felt. Uh, yeah, as you say, like it, it, it feels a lot easier to perform and you can be like, oh, this is an interesting story. Whereas if you are the protagonist in the story, you don't really want to be like, oh, this is a great story. Cause like, no, of course, like that's just a kind of a repulsive tendency that we have. Right, um, right. Whereas if you've written something that you think is interesting and it's outside of yourself, you can be like, no, I'm proud of that. Like I did that. And that feels yeah. that that somehow feels much more um, easy to take ownership over. Yeah, you know, it's 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 strange because it's like you have actually less ownership over the content of what you're writing about, but it's like it feels more genuine because it's 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 really easy. Like if you're writing about yourself, there's like you said, it's there's always going to be that question of bias and being at odds, like your perspective versus reality. But like if you're writing about your perspective on something outside of yourself there's really no grounds for like having like for questioning it as much as your own mm -hmm. perspective, because there's always going to be like, well, I'm trying to make myself seem like a good person, but I'm trying to make myself seem like I'm interesting too. Whereas if I'm just talking about someone else, I could be hundred percent explicitly honest if it's right. something, you know what I mean? Depending on what yeah. it is, but like, at yeah. least you know that, that you're not as nervous. It, 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 it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm like, yeah, oh, no, I'm absolutely, going. absolutely, yeah, yeah. And it, it, yeah, like it, it, it's easy to pass judgment on fictional characters or like commend fictional characters, but it's much harder to do that with um, people you know or, or yourself. Yeah. In fact, yeah, yeah. Um, do you ever like? Do you write like outside of music? Like, do you like write like stories or like poems or anything like that? Uh, infrequently when I'm in, in times that I'm kind of, um, like feeling consistently good and healthy, I do that a lot. Um, otherwise not so much. Um, but I would, that's something that I've always really wanted to do. Friends of mine who write, um, just to have, just to have something that they've written. That really, really is inspiring to me. Um, or that feels kind of like the most honest or pure form of expression is if you just like want to have done something to have it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that that's you know, sometimes I, I, I think about doing that uh I try to think about music in the, in that way. Mm -hmm. Like but I I'm so obsessed with like quote unquote making it. Like admittedly right. over overly concerned with like making a career out of it that it's hard for me to feel that way. Like I can at least think like, all right, well when I'm if I make it to eighty years old or something and if I never got famous but I made every record i wanted to make right. like that'll feel okay then <laughs> but right. right now it doesn't <laughs> but writing is something that i do feel like if i write like a little short story which i haven't in a million years but if i do sure. that is like i can show my friends or i can just do whatever but it's it's more just for my own entertainment yeah yeah i have a buddy out here who's a novelist um but of course anything written, especially a novel, is much, 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 much harder to get people to read than it is 
to have somebody listen to a song. Um, so he's written like four yeah. or five novels at this point, but like getting a publishing deal is like, you know, you have to try to do that for like 10 or 20 years before it actually happens. So if, if you are an active writer, by the time that you get one, you've written like five or 10 books already. Um, so he's at this point in life where he's written five novels, like maybe a couple people have read them, but he just kind of has them and he's sitting on them. Uh, and that seems like such an interesting position to be in. Um, and like totally um, contrary to, at least my experience in making music because pretty much whenever I make anything and I'm like, Oh great, this sounds cool. I'm just like, great, let's upload it right now and be done with it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, get this out of, out of here before I change my mind about it. Um, let's yeah. just say this is done and make people listen to it. Uh, and it's much less, um, premeditated in that way. Um, yeah. And I, I yeah, even poems, even short poems, I think it, it's much harder to get attention um for them just because it's such a um you can't well i mean you can't people do perform poems i guess but it's it's harder i feel like to get uh somebody to sit quietly and read for a few minutes than it is to just have something passively playing at them yeah and it it seems to me like like i have a a poetry instagram under a fake name which no shit yeah for obvious reasons off the air you gotta tell me what that is (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I i would tell you um but yeah, and I haven't posted on it in a long time. But sure. even going on there, I was really disheartened by like seeing which poetry accounts. I mean, granted, it's Instagram, so it's not sure. necessarily like the the barometer of what high art is in a particular genre. But sure. the ones that like get so like get the most followers are not even poems, dude. Like it's just like three lines of like some like pseudo intellectual garble and it's just like supposedly inspirational but it's just straight up sentences like one sentence broken up into three lines no real rhyme scheme no scheme whatsoever it just looks like what you think a poem should look like sure and that's a poetry instagram right but isn't i mean speaking of pop music though like isn't that i mean (laughs) clearly they're doing something better than we're doing right like like i know exactly what you're saying but equally like they are the ones uh getting attention right so like i mean i guess i I guess that is the difference between like pop music and like uh uh or just like uh, um popular media versus uh like indie media or whatever like there is an amount of like marketability that people are taking into account when they're making something um yeah, yeah i don't know i i wonder about that too because like ruby cower is like massively massively massive dude that's famous, that's and everybody's like that, that's... yeah and equally like she's made it like she's done it like she's done what we all want to do um yeah so like fuck it uh to a certain like, extent yeah i i get that and then there's all these like she's the one that like might be responsible for actually like creating the hype around that type of style because mm-hmm. you know maybe she or maybe she was just the first one to really make it big out of it but sure. like i wonder how well respected she is by like it, you can't look at that and compare it to like you know yates and i sound like a real pretentious douchebag i get that but like you can't compare those two and be like that's the same thing. That's like looking at a poodle or like a chihuahua putting it next to a Great Dane and be like, yeah, technically they're both dogs, but like <laughs> they're not the same thing. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do know what you mean. I also think that um, the, 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 the average consumer of, or I, I think that, um, I think that, like, I, I, I don't have any real aspirations of, um, making it because i'm not i know i'm not suitable for it because i know that i'm not able to i i know that my individual experience while not uncommon is not um marketable um and i i think that i think that um the people who have an experience that is kind of marketable and use it that way i think that's like they're killing it i think that's admirable that they know how to do that and they're expressing themselves in such a way that they can make a career off of that i think that's brilliant um, and equally, or, comes to mind. Yeah, type, sure. Like yeah. people like that, Boney Vare. You know, it's like, God damn it! How did you do it? How did you take this abstract, weird art form and and right. make normies like it? How did you do right. it? You know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So really, I think I think anybody. Uh, I, I hesitate to pass judgment on anybody's creative output because a, if I was a slightly different person, I would think my own was garbage, and some days I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and b like whoever is making success i mean like you know we can get into a conversations about how like some pop stars just like don't even write their own music and blah 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 and whatever i don't know shit about that maybe that is a pretty valid reason to be like that's not like art anymore if like a panel of people is making it but i think if anybody's like individual output is actually giving them a career in a creative field like i don't give a shit what i oh, think dude. of it like you're killing yeah it. Like, oh yeah. absolutely i i 100 agree like play the game like yeah. i would much rather i'm not i have no like ego about that like if i could do that and like i've talked to some people on the podcast where they like are consciously trying to make and this is admittedly what i'm trying to do too like create a song that they know is marketable and try to balance the line of like i know that i can do something with this but and i still feel good about myself artistically like i i know that there's people that are doing that and they're trying to play the game like some to further extents than others because they want to get their foot in the door so that then they can start getting weird and doing the shit that they really want to do. You know, they, they're trying to uh, get financing basically by letting people know that like, Hey, we know how to play the game. We know how to give the people what they want, but also we're capable of like more quote unquote, like artistic endeavors too. you know? Yeah. But my, yeah, my issue is is just putting a sentence into three lines and calling it a poem. I have an <laughs> issue with that. <laughs> yeah, but I bet you like Bukowski too, and he does that. Like that's like his yeah. little piece. Like he's just like kind of bummed out, and he breaks his sentences up weird, and then everyone's like, "Oh, this guy's a god," and like, no, he just sucks. Like he's just mean. <laughs> like right, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I like, yeah. I mean, I I don't I I don't think I'm any better than that. Is the uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I think sometimes we'll fall into the trap of being like, "Oh, but I'm like being earnest, like I'm being authentic because I'm not trying to play the <laughs> game or whatever." And it's like, no, like, yeah, like that that doesn't help anybody. I don't think. Yeah, the only one, the only people not trying to play the game are the people who don't release it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like if you straight up don't release your music and you just like burn a CD for your friends, like, yeah, that's you know, where it's you're at. an artist. You're yeah. a fucking artist at that point. Right. right. <laughs> But yeah, like it's, I, I mean, admittedly it's the part about being a musician that I hate the most is mm-hmm. any, anything you have to do, like sending emails 
sending emails to me should not be a part of being a musician, but it is. Like yeah. you got to send emails to people to like book shows or try to market or get PR or all this shit. And I yeah. hate it. Yeah. It, but that's part. Yeah, of I think about just kind of read this whole um regarding this whole idea as you were saying earlier about kind of um the idea of, you know, 30 or 40 years from now looking back on your artistic output and kind of uh thinking about that um in in the context of whether you were or not successful um there's this guy um who i listen to kind of obsessively sometimes um his kind of project name is talons uh with an apostrophe after the s t-a-l-o-n-s apostrophe um and he made he made a couple records in the early 2000s kind of like indie folk lo-fi records whatever um that i genuinely think are like perfect albums like i think they're just like peak songwriting at least from my perspective um which is as we know not the universal one uh quite the opposite but he never made it he never really promoted his own stuff he never made it uh he's got like a few thousand listeners on spotify and he's got like 20 albums on bandcamp he still makes music 20 years later he's like an adult with kids um and he's still making music and he's, he's very, very mindful of that fact. And he writes about, um, he kind of writes about that experience of like that kind of realization being like 45 with two kids, um, being like, this is it. Like, this is as far as I'm going to take this project, but I'm still going to do it. I think that is a really interesting idea of kind of making peace with it at that stage in life. Yeah. And I think, you know, you you listen to like uh, so many like I, I don't know I can just use the example of sports for instance like I've I've seen so many like top athletes been asked the question about like what do they think about when they think about their legacy and like blah 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 in context of their ath- sports careers and they just talk about like their kids or their family mm-hmm. yeah. like that that's yeah. their legacy like and then you realize like yeah that's just that's the most important thing to all these so many people that like make it in the fields that we're on the outside looking in on, but they care right. more about. So that's just like priorities, I guess, you know? Yeah. But then I also wonder like if you had never achieved that thing that you wanted to achieve, how likely, how easy would it be for you to say that it's not the number one thing? Like, right. yeah, of course you're <laughs> you know what I mean? About it, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like rejecting wealth is easy when you have it, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Money doesn't buy happiness, but poverty doesn't buy anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Never heard that one. Yeah, it is. It, I, I, I hate the way that uh, kind of this um, social order or society or whatever, like the way that uh, uh, we're kind of... Um, I really wish uh, we didn't have to worry about money in uh, moments of creativity. Uh, like that is such a, yeah, uh, such a, um, we're like cheating art. Like the art has been sullied permanently by that fact. Like, I feel like that is kind of like uh, permanently uh, kind of ruined our, uh, or like the notion of like pure artistic expression just doesn't exist anymore. Like we've, we killed it. Yeah, it's 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 extreme irony to me that like 
the art world has become such a like one percent type thing where it's art basil type for instance is like supposedly all these like the the most prominent artists of the contemporary time and their shit is completely out of reach like financially like no one can afford it you know it's it seems to be so counterintuitive for what art is even for you know it's like it's so like commodified to the point it's like almost like irreversibly corrupted at this point where like you know (laughs) there's literally people charging eighteen thousand dollars for invisible statues like we don't have to get into that rabbit hole (laughs) let's not (laughs) that's literally just about that's literally money for nothing that's like the most fuck you thing to like someone if if i was an artist struggling to make it i didn't have a lot of money and i saw that i would have been like i would feel like that was a fuck you to me oh yeah yeah personally (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, I think uh, I. Th- in summary, I think SoundCloud is probably the the uh, the only place where real artistic expression exists anymore. Because <laughs> I I feel like I feel like people who religiously or exclusively use SoundCloud, I feel like that's where it's at. I feel like uh, they are not. Or I, I honestly don't know how SoundCloud works, but I feel like uh, the few times that I've put shit up on SoundCloud, which is irregular, uh, and I go by a different name, I think I hope. Um, but like the people who find that stuff are just like, you know, loners up in the middle of the night, just like scrolling through arbitrary searches in SoundCloud and just like listening to something and actually like receiving it and being like, oh, this is cool. Uh, where it's just kind of like, I feel like it kind of totally leveled, um, the playing field and everything. Uh, I, I don't know enough about SoundCloud to be saying this. I just think it's a funny idea to say that that's pure art, art artistry uh yeah no, that's I, or like soundcloud and bandcamp and anything anything where uh anybody can really i guess just like the death of the algorithm would actually level uh the playing field but i think that uh anything where um anybody can upload anything and it will be taken with equal weight as anything else i feel i feel like that kind of um denial of power structure would really bring it back for me yeah you know, if it was like entirely work ethic and merit based, I'd appreciate that. Like, you know, if I didn't have to, if all I had to worry about was making sure I played enough gigs in the, on the road. And I mean, obviously, that's still a thing. Like, you could still build a fan base that way. But then also, there's all sure. these other external factors that, like, fucking Bob Dylan never worried about. You know what I mean? Like, back in the, I'm not saying that I'm anything like that. I'm just saying that, like, in that time, I mean, there were yeah. far fewer people who even made it because there was there wasn't a way to like uh, proliferate all these different artists. Like the internet is the internet's why American football is famous. You know what I mean? Like that shit just sure. sat dormant for ten years, and then people discovered it. Which I'm still holding out hope happens for me. Um, sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just like anything else. The best of the times, it was the worst of times, et cetera, et cetera. You know. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, dude, I guess, um, the one question I also wanted to ask, I didn't want to forget about it was like, do you, when you finish making a record, do you think about like, do you have an idea of where you want to go next? Or like, do you, do you think that 
like when you finished Lapdog, did you think like, I want to keep progressing like this lo-fi sound or do you feel like, like, do you feel like that is a part of your musical identity that you wouldn't want to stray from? Or would you consider doing like a straight like studio record at some point under like the same name, you know? Right. Right. Um, that that's like that's a good question i kind of think about that a lot too because uh i don't I, I i can't picture myself ever doing a studio record um i i i i like i'm grateful for the kind of format i have right now where uh just because i've never like actually made a band out of it or whatever when i play live it is just like folk music or whatever you know it's just like yeah. an acoustic guitar um and that kind of lets me um think about it in think about it as though it were a studio um in the oh like there's a microphone in front of me and a guitar and that's kind of when when i write music i kind of have to keep in mind that at the end of the day if i'm going to perform this for anybody that's what it's going to be um yeah but as far as um the continued kind of sonic experiment um of just like doing stuff straight to tape and then like fucking the tape up before digitizing it like i i think i will yeah. always be doing that to a large degree um mostly because uh i just think that it's really 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 interesting um and i'm not good at conventional sound production uh hence why the album sounds like it does but um <laughs> i just I, I i've always found that kind of music much more interesting for me personally obviously it's not as marketable and it's not as widely appreciated but i think it's um a lot more interesting to put the microphone halfway across the room every other take, you know, just like put it somewhere yeah. else, see how it sounds. If it sounds good, do it again next time or don't, you yeah. know, I, I've always found that kind of like total experimentation in production much more interesting. And of course that can't really exist in most studios because most studios are interested in the thing that they're producing being financially viable. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think it is kind of a permanently solitary pursuit to a certain extent, unless I can find somebody who has the exact same sensibilities, which is unlikely because I'm also a control freak. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah, I, I think, I think I've pretty much uh, kind of, uh, I'm just in my own little like creative oubliette and I'm pretty happy staying there for the time being. Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, yeah, when I, when I asked the question, I d didn't want it to sound like... Oh, no, 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 not at all. Yeah. Need it, yeah. Like, it, yeah. you can totally just keep doing this and then doing it in different ways. Right. And, I would I, I would know. love... I, I think yeah. I will actually get somebody to master whatever I do next, because I think that would probably be a step up. Uh, yeah, my... like, there's, there's, like, a middle ground. Like, I, I think there are certain bands, like... Uh, I don't know, Vampire Weekend, their their third record, the Modern Vampires of the City, that one, um, there is a ton of and it's mastered obviously and it's professionally mixed, so they get sure. away with it easier. Um, it just kind of smooths a lot of this out, but there's so much experimentation. There's so mm -hmm. many weird little tone like sounds for particular instruments yeah. that like if you listen with headphones or if you listen intently, like if you just like pick a certain instrument every song and you just listen to that yeah. and then you compare it, listen to the song again and then listen to something else, they use completely different recording techniques and completely different styles. Like they'll have like a piano part that's recorded on a phone yeah, and then totally. blend that with like beautiful like electronic drums and like pristine vocal production and then like some guitar mic'd in the other room. You know what I mean? Like, there's 
I love that shit. That's my favorite. Yeah, shit. absolutely. That's um my uh something probably if if I picked one artist who really really colored, well, kind of kind of for the last like ten years, I've been obsessed with the microphones and Mount Erie, uh, which is um basically all a solo project by this guy Phil Elvrum. Um, but he does the same kind of stuff where it's just straight to tape nonsense, just like by himself making it sound cool. Um, but then if we're talking about like actual studio musicians, um, I think this band spirit of the beehive, have you ever listened to them? Yeah. 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 That's like it for me. If like, that's that level of experimentation and sampling and kind of depth and layering. I think that's just it. I think that's perfect. I've heard uh, a couple of their songs and I need to dive in more, but I admittedly I'm almost afraid sometimes because I, I heard a little bit of it and it was like, all right, I got to turn this off. This is like freaking me out. Like it's yeah. good. Like I'm like, I'm yeah. listening to it thinking I can recognize that this is good, that this is right. interesting, but also like I'm, I can't handle it's it. It's right scary. Now. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> somebody called it like the death grips of indie or whatever but it's just like that level of like disjointed chaos but like kind of then you get a hook and then it's disjointed chaos again and then it just like perfectly morphs into another hook you know it's just like that perfect balance of kind of um like sonically appealing and also just like bizarre chaotic experimentation yeah and i think what makes it good and what kind of makes you what you do good is that it's it's not what it is for its own sake like it's not someone taking a track and making it sound lo-fi just because that's what they want to do like mm-hmm. but not thinking about if it makes the song work better like i've heard songs where it's just like the production's shitty and it's like oh well we meant this is what we were going for it's like well why were you going for that like with this song why were you going for that i mean not to sound like yeah. a dick but it's just like <laughs> no it yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah like with what you do it makes perfect sense like when you throw all this other shit and it's like that's like the the entire identity of what you do is how you do it you know or not yeah. the entire but like well said, so yeah. much of it yeah totally. Whereas like totally. an indie emo record that just sounds like shit it's like dude don't try to act like <laughs> you know i guess I mean? yeah there there's like certainly a difference between uh yeah, like low production value and just being like this was intentional rather than like I just didn't have any money. Like I just don't have money. And also I think it's interesting. Like you know, there is there is a certain uh, kind of discrepancy there, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh I mean like it if you just say you didn't have the money, it's like I get that. Uh, uh, the right. other part if you're saying you did that on purpose, like if given the choice, I don't get that at all. But <laughs> right. Right. But no. I mean and this falls under like I'm sure people have done this and i'm just fucking around you know like yeah sure sure it's it's just but like yeah i like had to throw a little <laughs> i had to throw that out there but no because it's mainly just a point to what you do though because i think it it's it's purposefully done i think that's the way to do lo-fi like it's yeah yeah make it work for you don't just do it because you think it's cool you know like that's right. so annoying to right. me um yeah that's something that's something that i um that's like kind of my biggest takeaway from this project is that um I really like I'm I'm okay with uh some of it being um like I know that a lot of people will hear certain moments on this project and just not really feel any kind of way about it at all. Like I'm yeah. but but I'm 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 pleased enough with certain aspects of it that I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Like one person's gonna really like that. Maybe that person's me. But I'm yeah. pleased with punch. Like that's great. Uh as far as I'm concerned. Um 
like that moment when that kind of clicked of like uh the 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 bridge in Brannigan, the the middle section where this kind yeah. of like fucked up clippy high vocal comes in um i think awesome. that is just the coolest noise i've ever made uh it's, and it's i stupid. you know i showed that to people and you know one in ten is like oh shit this is interesting and the other was like you know this is just like when does the song to listen to <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah uh but yeah so long as i'm making something that i think uh sounds neat i'm thrilled about i'm really happy with that i've said this before there's an audience for just about everything like you just have to you know to the extent that you even care to you know anyone just right. needs to find their own audience like i've had people like bring up maybe not on the podcast but just in conversation like you know what trying to like complaining about how the DIY scene is so one dimensional in terms of like genre and stuff. It's like, well, sure. I mean, there's other shit happening. They just might not be like the cool kids that you, the people that you perceive to be cool on Twitter are not the people who are into what you are into. Like, sure. Yeah. Like, don't get overly concerned with like the social club that you're trying to enter. Like, yeah. There's people that like the weird shit that you're into. They might just not look or sound the way you think they do in person. You know, they might just be a different group of people that you haven't found yet. Sure. So, like, that, the one in ten people is who you want to find and try to find, like, the one in ten people. Like, I feel the same way. Like, mm-hmm. what In a Daydream does, maybe two in ten people would like what we do. I don't know. But, like... Yeah, I think that's it, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's trying to find all those people in, in every town and have them start talking to each other that's right. the goal you know right it's possible it's doable yeah. for just about yeah. anything totally and also like the, the 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 satisfaction of having somebody actually click with something that you made versus like somebody who's kind of like interested but you know uh that that, that kind of satisfaction of like the click is is always always worth it for me yeah no i agree um but anyway i have to uh I have to get back to actual work. Oh no! But, I'm sorry to hear that, hey, dude. It's okay. I, I can do it from home. I just have to. Oh yeah, good. Inter- good. Interview notes and shit. It's just boring, yeah. but I have to do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank dude, you for doing this, and thank you for doing this with everybody. I really enjoy um, that you've kind of chronicled so many uh, people's processes and just experience in this. Uh, I think that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, I've been I've been taking like a break. Like I have some episodes I need to release still. I it's I'm going to get back into it um this summer. I have a bunch planned where I'm doing them like in person. Like right now I only want to nice. do stuff either in person or like this where I know you. Yeah. Because I I realize like that's when it's at its best. It's like when when I was just mainly doing Michigan people or like people directly related like I'd be going to shows and people would know who I was and I'm talking to people about the podcast where if I'm on discord doing a random band, they might have like a million plays on their songs, but like I'm not having the experience of enjoying Mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So I'm amazed. I didn't realize how high your episode count was. That's mad. You've done this a lot. Dude, I know. That's crazy. Thank you. Yeah, (laughs) I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. Like when uh, in a daydream, like goes on tours and stuff, like I'm going to do episodes like from the road, like chronicling that shit, mainly for myself so that I can Mm -hmm. go back in five years and listen to what I was thinking the first time I was on tour, et cetera. But like, you know, I want to keep doing it, but I just, I want to do it in ways that 
I I have no like that I like because I have no delusions about ever making money doing this podcast. So like sure. yeah. I I just realized why am I doing this if I don't why am I doing right. anything that I don't want to do? Like I'm only gonna do what I want to do from now on. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I I admire you for that. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, dude, I appreciate it. Um yeah, I'll just real quick, just you know, plug uh plug the record, plug where people can find it and all that and yeah, uh, you can buy it on Bandcamp at yafiction.bandcamp.com, or you can just listen to it. I didn't set a listener camp or a listen count or whatever, so you can just do that as many times as you want if you don't have money or if you don't like it that much. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find it on Spotify or you know Apple Music or whatever at Young Adult Fiction. Uh, I think it should be the first thing that pops up. There's a song called Young Adult Friction, but it's not that. It's the other one. Uh, and follow my Instagram if you like. It's just Tanner. J L S T A N N E R J A Y E L L I S. I have two Instagrams, but that's the one I use more, so it's whatever. Um and yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for having me, Brian. This is cool. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. If you ever come back, hit me up, dude. I will. Yeah, I will. Thanks. Nice catching up too. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Anytime. So yeah. all right, man.